This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. Hey everyone, it's Michael, also known as Chicago Wiz, and this is episode 59 of Dungeon Master's Handbook, and we're going to be talking about Battle Stations. This is no drill. Yep, we're going to be talking about Traveler. I know this is a uh, podcast that I started out for Dungeons and Dragons, but... My Traveler Battlestar Galactica campaign has kicked off, and I've been having some interesting discussions with another podcaster, Joe from the Decahedron Podcast, about Traveler, and mostly about, or most recently, about character generation and how character generation really makes a difference in introducing and setting the expectations of a game to the players. So I thought it might be interesting to go over the differences in standard classic traveler charge in and what I did to adapt charge in to my Battlestar Galactica universe. Talk, you know, kind of introduce you all to it and give you maybe some ideas of how you might approach altering charge in, whether it's for Traveler or for D&D or any other game. So a little background perhaps is appropriate. Um, I conceived this Battlestar universe as being a combination of the lore from the 1978 series and the 2003 series. There are going to be spoilers probably in this for of some aspects of those television shows. So if you haven't watched them, well, you need to pause this episode, <laughs> go run, watch those great series and come back. That might take you a while because the 2003 series, I think, was uh, four seasons, plus the miniseries, plus the Blood and Chrome, plus the Cylon, the Plan episode, and so on. There's a lot there. But fortunately, spoilers will be minor, so I think you'll be fine. Um, but I mashed all that together because I found aspects of each television series very interesting to me. Um, I found some of the background information for the 1978 series, how the Cylon uh, attack on the colonies progressed, and how the uh, show presented the refugee fleet making its way through the universe. And there are aspects of that that I really enjoyed and wanted to bring forward in my game as well as there are aspects of the 2003 series that I really liked. Um, things that, you know, pertaining to the type of equipment, things uh, such as the Cylons are the result of humankind creating AI, not being very responsible with it, enslaving it, and then not reacting too well when the Cylons said, yeah, we don't really like how you're treating us, so we're going to revolt. Um, and so I liked bits and pieces of each of the lore. So when I set about to have players play in a Traveler game set in the Battlestar Galactic universe, I wanted certain things to reflect in that. And I'm going to go over that here. Um, so in Traveler, you have your stats 
um, you have your uh, strengths, dexterity, endurance, intelligence, education, and social standing. And for the most part, all of those I felt were useful in a Battlestar Galactica universe, except social status. Social status in Traveler sounds a bit more feudalistic. It's talking about knights and nobles and hereditary titles and such things like that. And when I think about the TV series, that never seemed really kind of mesh with me. But then I thought about, well, what would social standing be in that world? Um, in the 1978 series, you had TV celebrities and other types of known figures, known politicians who came aboard and had a certain amount of social status that put them in power, um, whether perceived power or actual power, over others. In the 2003 series, that also was true. You had the politicians, you had uh, celebrities, you had people who had main names or even had gained wealth and power, whether before the attack of the Cylons or after the attack of the Cylons as part of the fleet. And I wanted to reflect that. So I changed social status in my game to be a reflection more of one's reputation. Think like an influencer or a celebrity or somebody. And the higher your social status, then the more that a player might be able to wield that, uh, that attribute in a particular situation where maybe they needed to convince somebody or they needed to get some information or just whatever they needed to do within the fleet, then they could use that social status and possibly get that. So Kind of similar to Traveler, but not really. But, you know, I, I felt the distinction was important, and so I made it, and so far the players have rolled with it pretty well. Um, some of the things I changed from uh, the standard Traveler came in the uh, expertises. So I am running with the 1977 uh, Classic Traveler rules, and some of the expertises, also known as skills, that they have, I wanted more to reflect the Battlestar Galactic universe. So uh, where a skill that you can have in Classic Traveler is ATV, I changed that to be, okay, instead you have experience in ground vehicles, whether it's you know civilian or military, and you get to pick which one. Same thing for the air raft skill. In Classic Traveler, Air Raft is more about controlling these kind of floating grab vehicles, but that doesn't exist in the Battlestar Galactica world, so instead I made it uh, for winged atmospheric aircraft, much which would be either civilian or military, much like the ground vehicles. You have to choose, you know. And someone who might have military ground vehicles could be tanks. Uh, you know, the, the 1978 Battlestar Galactica had this thing called the Land Ram, and, you know, it ran around and had a laser gun on it and whatnot. And so that would be something that one of my players might have, you know, a skill in. Um, some of the skills regarding the weapons. Now, in the 1978 Battlestar Galactica, they had lasers. They had the laser guns that both the, you know, the warriors walked around with and the uh, Cylons walked around with. In the 2003 series, lasers didn't exist. Uh, if you ever watch it, the uh, 
things that they're shooting are projectiles. So the, the warriors or the Marines and the, the Navy folk and the pilots and whatnot, they're walking around with projectile weapons, much like you see today. In fact, most of the guns there actually are real guns that they repurposed for the movies or the TV shows. I like that. I, I To me, it felt more like a kind of a grittier uh, feel for the campaign. So I stuck with projectile weapons. So right away, I threw out the laser gun, except I thought, wouldn't it be neat if there was the possibility of laser weapons, but they're not these cool little sidearms. They're instead these big, huge, hulking things that, you know, if you're walking around with one, you're walking around with a huge backpack, you have this huge thing that you're hauling around, and it's not going to be very useful um, unless you are, you know, in certain situations. Um, and in my head, I visualized taking the um, M65 smart gun used by the Marines in the movie Aliens and mashing that with a backpack type of setup, almost as big as what you have seen the Apollo astronauts use or the astronauts when they're going out and working on the International Space Station. Those are pretty big. To me, mashing those two together makes a perfect setup for a kind of a laser gun that if you want to have that, you can, but it's really limited to military use. So, you know, it's not going to be something that you can just walk around and flash. So, um, the edged weapons, I limited to daggers, blades, bayonets, and swords because that just made sense to me, you know. You don't see people walking around with halberds and pikes, which are actual options that you can have in the classic Traveler game. So I limited there. Um, by default, instead of the military services using rifle, which at the time Traveler was made, you know, it was kind of a bolt action, uh, seemed to be the thing that... Uh, Mark had everyone using. Instead, my default is auto rifles and auto pistols, More again, more reflective of the 2003 series. So just some of the differences in the, um, in the gun and edged weapon skills. Another thing I changed was the idea of sh uh, ship's boats. So in Classic Traveler, there are the large craft, which can jump between systems. And then you have more of the smaller interplanetary ships called ship's boats. Um, so in my mind, it's small craft versus large craft. Um, if you want to be able to fly a Viper, you're not going to have the classic traveler pilot skill. Instead, you want to have the classic traveler ship's boat skill or small spacecraft skills um, that would allow you to fly these smaller vehicles. Uh, if you want to pilot the larger ships, you know, like a large freighter or, you know, a Battlestar or something like that, then you would have the classic, uh, classic traveler pilot skill. So those are the differences for the skills. Now, I'm not going to read through all the ranks, but for uh, in, in Classic Traveler, as you progress through your character generation, you essentially break up your life into four-year chunks, and each year that you are in a service, you have an opportunity to be commissioned and promoted. Otherwise, you're considered enlisted. 
So what I came up with was the, uh, or I cheated and stole from some of the Battlestar Galactica um, references online, the ranks for officers of the different services. So I came up with the Navy, the Marines, and the Army. And then, because it is possible in Battlestar Galactica lore for non-enlisted to fly, I came up with the non-enlisted ranks. So, you know, like petty officers um, became, um, oh, and I don't have the page in front of me, but it is possible then to be able to be a non-enlisted and have flight status and be able to do that. Uh, for those of you that remember the 1978 series, Jolly was not an officer. Jolly was an enlisted person, which I found kind of interesting. Oh, here it is. I've got it right here. It's the um, uh, flight yeoman, flight private, flight corporal, flight sergeant, senior flight sergeant. So basically I put the name flight in front of the non-commissioned rank. And I did give non-commissioned rank. So it is possible for someone to go through uh, charge N and be able to never get commissioned. So instead, what I have my players do is if they never get commissioned, then they will be able to determine what, um, uh, what enlisted rank they have. And to do that, they're basically checked to see if they were promoted. You know? So as you're going through each term and you are checking for if you're commissioned or not, even if you're commissioned or not, you still check for promotion. And that will determine if you move up the ranks as an enlisted uh, person or as an officer. Okay. And again, why did I do that? Why did I put the time there? More to ground people into the idea of the colonial services versus the traveler third imperium. At the end of the day, does it really make a difference? Probably not, but it still just further implants in your mind that idea that, oh, this is a different setting, so the militaries are different, and there's a little bit of a different flavor there. Um, one of the things that I wanted to have possible was since the attack on the colonies is rather sudden, I wanted there to be the possibility that players might actually still be in the service which may or may not give them some interesting options in what they're doing. So when you check for re-enlisting um, or when you are checking for um, mustering out, you will see if you are still in service at the time of the Battle of Simtar, which is when the Cylons attacked the colonies. And if you are still in service, then, you know, it's so reflected. You're not actually mustered out, which affects the next part of classic traveler character generation, which is the mustering out benefits. And, that, and that's what everybody likes to do, because in classic traveler, when you muster out, if you're part of the marine or the merchants or the scouts, you have the possibility of getting a spaceship. Now. I felt that in the Battlestar Galactica universe, this was going to be very, not much in line with how I saw things happening. Um, if you watched, especially the 2003 series, you really didn't see very many private people running around with their own spaceship. And in my head, it probably was more likely you had to be very rich or you had to be affiliated with a corporation or own your own corporation before you're going to have 
access to or actually own some sort of interplanetary or interstellar craft. So I actually modified the uh, mustering out benefits for all of the services. And here's what I came up with. Um, I substituted the passages. So what's a passage? Um, in Classic Traveler, the idea is you travel. And you may not own a ship, but you may still want to travel between the, uh, the various systems and whatnot. So there's the idea that you could muster out with what's known as passage. And passage is broken up into high passage, which means is you've got first class accommodations. Uh, there's mid passage, middle passage, which is basically, you know, economy class. And then there's low passage where essentially they put you in cryo sleep, stick you in a freezer, and hopefully you'll wake up when they reach their destination. Uh, Classic Traveler actually has you perform a role to see, did you survive the wake up process? Again, None of that is ever reflected in the Battlestar Galactic universe because it was always implied that the colonial homeworlds were fairly close to each other. So you may have to jump, but most likely you were just traveling between the various planets. So I took out the idea of passages and I took out the idea of, of uh, getting ships. And here's what I substituted. You can get tools. Tools are things that would reflect you having the appropriate equipment for a skill that you had a lot of work in. So if you are, say, skilled in electronics or engineering, then you have those tools with you. And that's, you know, pretty valuable. Um, you might have a job plus cash. Now, you might say, well, Mike, the colonies are gone. Why would I care about if I got a job or cash? Well, this may translate into you being connected to a corporation that may have assets within the fleet, such as spaceships, such as um, other things, such as equipment or people. You know, if, if you had a job with colonial movers, well, you might have access to a ship that allows you to do some things. So here again, some, it, it, it's a way of being able to get to resources, but not necessarily tied to what you might think. Um, another option that I replaced with is the idea of a favor. Due to your service history and your relationships, somebody owes you a favor, which may result in access to some sort of a ship or vehicle. And, and I put in here, you know, for a ship, this is most likely a Raptor, which is a type of a, a small shuttlecraft in the, Battlestar, in the new Battlestar Galactica, or just a, a, a long-range shuttle, which is something that you see in both series. Um... For a vehicle, this might be some sort of a utility vehicle or a small non-armed winged craft or perhaps something like a land ram, a tank or, or something like that. Basically, someone owes you a favor and you can cash in that favor for some sort of an access to, again, equipment or a ship. One of the things that I, re or the other thing that I replaced the idea of a ship with is a patron. So the character has a good relationship with someone who's a really high rank, such as a captain of the Battlestar. For whatever reason, the captain of the Battlestar and you have a possibly a mentor-mentee relationship, or they've just 
quote unquote adopted you and you can cash in on that relationship here again for perhaps uh, jobs, assignment, information, resources, what have you. And that, in a nutshell, is the differences that I made in the mustering or in the mustering out and in some total the changes I made into Chargen. And that was kind of nice. I found that for the most part, Chargen for Classic Traveler seemed to work really well. Um, I didn't have to make too many changes. And where I did make changes, I was able to pull things out and substitute things in that I felt were still as valuable, still giving the players a rough equivalent, you know, like with, with the passages. So, you know, you don't earn a passage, but you earn a patron who can possibly get you a craft, which basically gets you kind of the same thing at the end of the day. It just is better reflective of my lore. Uh, with the skills, certainly, more reflective of the kinds of things that I see happening in the colonial world rather than in the classic traveler uh, implied world. So yeah, so that is, in a nutshell, the changes that I made. Um, and the players have gone with that, and it seems to have worked out really well so far. All right, so I'm hitting about the 20-minute mark, so I'm going to close this episode. I do have some call-ins. But I'm going to save them for a podcast to come out next week because uh, one of the call-ins slash emails is going to take me a little while to answer. And I think it's got some uh, good questions on putting together campaigns and dealing with them. All right, that's it. Hope you're enjoying yourselves. And until next time, game on.